0: This is what you know good and what you do. Welcome back to the most provocative and entertaining podcast in the land, even in North Korea. This is Pulling Back the Curtain podcast. I'm back with my podcast partners in crime and co host Dead Prayers and No Back Draw. I'm Jewel St. James. Today we'll be pulling back the curtain on the recap of The Last Dance 30 for 30 9798 Bulls docuseries part one. Right, I'm about to exit the scene here. What's popping, fellas? Talk to him. Man, what's
1: up, man? What's how you doing, Jules? I'm good, man. How about yourself? Man, it's living this quarantine life, man. I don't know day three thousand two hundred and twenty-two or whatever we on right now. <laughs> that it. is
2: flying by. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I
0: look like Moses over here, man. How, how many more days we got of this?
2: Uh, I don't know, see. man. What you what you think? Uh, maybe next week. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> no, I doubt that. I'm looking at I'm looking at June first, July or the middle of July. I mean, it's you know, right now I haven't seen the government speech to yet today. I'm assuming that we probably got like another thirteen hundred cases and probably like about 40, 50 more deaths. And so that I means it's gonna get extends a little bit longer. Yeah, did uh did JB speak today at all? I didn't see it, I didn't get any alerts, so it might not be that important today. Or people just tired of reporting it.
0: <laughs> they said forget it. Man. Everybody everybody fend for themselves now.
1: Man, for real. For real. Well, Man, dude, I'm glad we we're able to jump back on this thing, man. We, we, Man, we were so excited for that that documentary, man. We recorded yesterday, and we're right back on here today. We want to do this recap on part one. So, man, fellas, man, what was your biggest takeaway from uh, episode one? The might be the greatest of all
2: time. I mean, it, you know, there's been a lot of great players, but... When he was willing to jeopardize his career to come back on a, on a bad team and try to make the playoffs, that really showed you who he was. I don't think any player in today's NBA would do that at this point, considering the fact that, you know, they take rest days. They take off days just to heal, and they don't play every night. I mean, he played every night, you know, when he wasn't hurt.
1: What, 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 what Mike said, that he said it was only 14 fucking seconds?
2: <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: pretty much. Man, I just I just, I just liked
0: how they was losing when they was playing Milwaukee and they was down only like nine points. And the rest of the team was like, oh, man, it's over. We might as well just gear up for the next game. And Mike's sitting there like, wait a minute, still, still another quarter left. And he took it over.
1: Yeah, he took it over and he won the game. That was crazy, too, because after two weeks, man, with that squad, when he was playing with those crackheads, he was the best player on that team. <laughs> yeah. he's, talking about, he's talking about the scene from the hotel, talking about there was drugs everywhere. Everywhere. What he, do he say?
0: Drugs, women, everything. Yeah. He says a lot. They say everything you want.
2: <laughs> Coke and weed, you had women.
1: <laughs> he was laughing long, though. That, that, that was kind of crazy. That, that scene, when, when they was talking to him, I was like, man, Mike, you, you might be telling on yourself, bro. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they asked him. Hey, they said,
0: "Was it true?" And he, did, he did that long laugh, and yeah, it was true. know
1: <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the thing that that uh, really, uh, that really took me with that with that first episode was just that tension that the team had with the uh, Krause, right? So it wasn't just Jordan; it was Pimpin, It was it was Phil. Like it was a lot of tension, you know, with those guys when it came to Jerry.
2: Well, that ten- that tension, so that's years of build up. You, you saw Mike's tension develop when he broke his foot. Because you can see where Jerry was kind of trying to tank so they didn't get that lottery pick that year. You know, he had, he had his eyes on getting the lottery pick. So he didn't, really didn't care about making the playoffs that year because they knew it was going to be Boston in the first round anyway. And, you know, Jerry Cross, you know, he's, you know, in terms of a basketball brain, you know, pretty smart, but he did too much. You know, he was ahead and he found a way to screw it up.
0: Hey, you're talking about sabotaging your own creation. It's it's it was it was it was messed up. Like you said, you put the right pieces together, but then you want to sabotage and try to, you know, go for the future. You got the you got the future right there, you got the franchise right there. You got it right there. Why don't we win? That's what Michael said. We got it right now, let's win. Let's hey, he wanna win every game. Jay, he, he looking at, you know what, we'll get out this, we'll get another uh draft pick and stuff, and and then see what happened then. No, Mike wanna win now. Now I'm blaming him
1: it was that ego, man. You know, Jerry Jerry had a huge ego. Uh, he had the biggest ego pride the organization. I mean, Mike
2: had ego. Scotty had ego. Phil had ego. The problem was, you know, he was, I was expecting Ryan Stover to get more involved in that situation besides that one trip he made to South Dakota to talk to, to Phil to get him to come back. I mean, he could have been a little bit more vocal in order to keep that situation going. But I think he saw the writing on the wall, too, and he kind of didn't believe that that team could win another
1: championship. You know what? And that's that's a uh, interesting uh, thing that you got there, Novak, and we definitely going to touch on that later in this episode because I definitely want to see what you guys think as far as you know what that team have been able to uh, have competed? You know, had they been allowed to to go in '99? What was the the best scene for you guys when you think back on that episode one?
2: I say Jordan and Carolina. You know, just watching me at that big shot. You know, to win you know to win the national championship is probably probably my favorite scene. It's like when that shot went through, you know, a star was born at that point. You know, he had pretty much (laughs) solidified himself as the best amateur player in the United States, even before the Olympics. You know, everybody knew who he was at that point. You know, that jump shot canceled out getting cut from the, you know, getting cut from the high school team, not being that tall as a kid. You know, every every Mm -hmm. setback he had got canceled out.
0: Yeah, I second that. I second that. All that wiped away when he, he nailed that. Oh man, it's, it wasn't—it wasn't Mike Jordan. It was Michael
1: Jordan. Now, that's so true. Because you—you know, when, when in that episode when they showed him in that UNC program and they had him in that Mike Jordan six five one eighty nine, I was like, yeah, <laughs> uh, that—that Mike—that Mike is dead <laughs> after he hit that jump shot. <laughs> um, so as far as that documentary is concerned, you—you you guys bring up you know a good point about you know the North Carolina days. So obviously, Mike. Talked about the fact that, you know, when he stepped on that campus, you know, he had James Worthy, he had Sam Perkins on that team with him. You know, so how do you guys feel about how Mike came in and, and made a name for himself and also being coached by Dean Smith, who was notorious for being a coach of a system and not individual players? Man, I think that uh, when he came in and won a,
0: from day one, he stepped on that court, he wanted to be the best. And that's what he told his coach. He wanted to be the best, best player that, you know, ever set foot on in, in NC. So, when him wanted to play after practice, James said he was sweat. He was sweaty. He was tired. He just wanted to go home. And Mike mm-hmm. was like, "Hey, man, look, come on, let's let's play." He want to play against the best best player on that team, and that was that was worthy at the time. And worthy even said himself. He said he was the best player for only two weeks, and after that, it was all Mike. So it show you the, uh, the mentality that man was at at, at at an early
2: age at that time as a freshman. Yeah, you could definitely see that, that hunger. I mean, pretty much when he kept practicing after practice, you know, picking up games with James Worthy. I mean, James, they was better than him, like, uh, within two weeks. And, you know, that type of growth is because he wanted more than anybody else. I mean, Sam Perkins was on that team in the background. Nobody noticed. And Sam was a great player, and James was a great player. And Mike, you know, Mike Star was just bigger. I mean, Mike's athleticism, Mike's swagger. The way he approached the game was totally different from those guys. Those guys, all, hall, all all the hall of famers at this point. So I mean, the thing about it is, you know, you could see it was something special. I mean, Dean Smith, the way he looked at him, he knew he had goal. I like when that um, assistant coach, you know, you know, calls pretty much. Um, they called Roy Williamson, and said
1: that this guy is real. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> so, that was huge. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so when we look at this documentary. We- what do you guys think was the most savage moment uh, looking back at episode one? I think the Jerry Cross pill's name was savage. You know, he
2: told me, does that, <laughs> does that, does that pill help, help you lose weight at this point? Or we can lower the rims. You want to get in the layup line with us? <laughs> yeah. He said, you want to do some layups. And Mike said, hey, hey, hey,
0: Jerry, you want to do some layups with the Lord the rim. Dude, <laughs>
1: that was, dude, so, that was dude. so savage because he said it and it had that look on his face like, dude, I have no respect for you, bro at all and man, it and 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 you know
0: you look at him you know they was clowning dudes you know and
1: me kind of he kind of deserved it though you know what i'm saying i don't know no he definitely deserved definitely deserved some of it I, i would say for me that most savage moment was probably scott burrell uh when he wanted to get some love from uh from mike on the bench and mike looked at him like he was crazy didn't even like that championship that they won over there in France, that didn't mean nothing to Mike, and he's letting them know, setting the tone for those guys that this is cool, but we here for the big championship at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I thought
0: that was huge. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, second that because he was sitting there. I knew, he, I knew his feelings was hurt because mine was hurt, and I was just watching it. You know, <laughs> I was just watching the TV. <laughs> I was like, Dad, the Dad, Mike, at least you could have just, you know, touched the back of his head or something. Just the look on his face. Yeah.
2: You look like, man, get out of here, man. This ain't nothing. <laughs> okay, OK, man, New Jack City. Neil Brown.
1: He canceled Scott Rail that night on the bench. <laughs> I like how, too, Jordan was so petty, though. He was like, when they got in the locker room, he was. they were like, hey, are we going to bring this trophy back to the Birdo Center? He said, no, it's going with Phil. He said, we don't want this to have anything to do with Jerry. <laughs> right.
0: Right. They, yeah. Yeah, they go to show you that, uh, man, they
1: they they
0: get no love for Jerry. Man, there's no love for him.
1: No, and and why and why you bring that point up? What's your what's your viewpoint on Jerry's legacy as a GM? So obviously he's you know he went to the Hall of Fame. He he, he has a banner up in the UC. When you think of Jerry, what do you think of that legacy? You know, I, he 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 got to give him his props. Now the only thing he
0: he sabotaged, like I said earlier. He built something great, and then just, because his own ego or whatever, just hey, you know what? Since I since I built it, man, I'm I'm gonna destroy it. Now he get props for putting that team together. You know, in '87, he got you know Horace and, and and Scotty, and then you know Mike and stuff, and uh, uh, Phil coaching and stuff, and then, you know, of course, they win them championships. They get them pieces together, but then you know, he just just wasn't good as 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 as, as a as, as a people person, you know. You got you to support the troops. That's who made it, you, know. So I think he do get, I think he gets props for what we've done,
1: but also he got to take some of the heat of, of how that team ended it in the long run. When I think about uh, Jerry, I think of the comment that he made at one point where he, I think he said something along the lines of uh, organizations win championships. And that to me is always going to be the thing that I'm going to think about when I think about Jerry, because mm-hmm. since Mike, Rodman, Pip, Phil left the building. That organization hasn't won anything. So as far as I'm concerned, that comment that he made to me was way off base. You no. know, it was wrong. It was wrong. Uh, it was
2: definitely way off base. I think the way he was trying to, like, basically push himself to the forefront as being an architect of the championship teams, I think he got jealous of Jordan's success. I think he got jealous of Phil's, you know, coaching abilities. And he also got a little bit disturbed by the fact that Scotty Pippen wanted more money, so I think uh there are a lot of issues there. I think that he knew he he knew that Scotty signed a bad deal, Reinsdorf knew it. they knew that Michael was pretty much uh who he was, and if he left, they had won enough with him at this point. so I think his legacy will always would be as the as the g m who basically destroyed one of the greatest dynasties of all time. I mean you really can't live that situation now i mean what he what he created he destroyed. You know, mm-hmm. o- over the fact that he wanted something bigger and better.
1: He wanted something you mm-hmm. can control. Totally. That's yeah, totally, totally true. Totally true. So, one thing that I wanted to touch on that you brought up earlier uh, on this, uh, on the pod, you talked about, you know, this team, you know, possibly would they have been able to run it back in 99 if everybody resigned. So, I'm going to ask you guys. What do you think about this team, you know, so we saw what happened in 98, so they, they the last second the last shot over, you know, Russell 99. Do you think that the Bulls could have run it back? And why?
2: Only with only with only with an injection of more talent. I mean, Mike, you know, Mike was at the point where we knew that Scottie's back was starting to fail, Scottie's foot was having issues. We knew that Dennis was a little bit distracted. Dennis had, it became a bigger star in Chicago. I think that, you know, the only way they could have ran it back in that situation by getting at least one piece, or even Tony Cook was taking a bigger role in the situation. Tony had to grow up a lot quicker in order for him to win another championship because his role kind of diminished a little bit when Robin came over. He kind of took the, that fourth seat on the bus. But I think, you know, I think they could have ran it back, you know, you know, given like one key free agent signing. Or a situation where Phil Jackson came in and said he got like a you know he got a, a bigger role in the organization, which I don't think would have happened. But I think that, you know, the Bulls are at the point where Jerry Jerry Cross's architecture was winning, but at the same time I think they should have parked ways with Jerry in you know, order to win a championship. They could
1: have won if Jerry left the
2: building.
0: Right. Right, well, I agree with that.
1: I think so. And the one thing that I look at, though, I agree with you with parts of this. I, I saw that, you know, Scotty was starting to break down. So I do think that they needed to inject a little bit more talent. The one thing that really um, in this episode that really caught my attention was the fact that when Jordan won the title the previous year, instead of being able to bask in that moment of being able to say, hey, we just won our you know fifth title, he was basically campaigning for them to let them come back and run it back in 98. And I thought that was really interesting. Uh, I think that any time that a player has to basically tell an organization, let us defend our title, that just rubs me the wrong way with an organization. Like, why why were they so quick to, to tear everything apart? I, I just, that part just doesn't make sense to me. It, it, don't, make sense. it, it don't make sense to me either because you
0: sit up here, you have a dynasty here. You two times... Three uh, you know, back to back to back champion, six time champion, you know. Well, at that time, five times, are you trying to go for six? And they're like, Well, it's almost like, Well, we got five, so it's, um you know, we good. Why don't we just? And, and let's be honest, I saw today on ESPN, they was interviewing Tim Floyd in '96, '95, '96 to come um take over field. So, we'll, you know their mindset of 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 women or, or this or this organization i don't know what it they was all over the place i think uh what uh nobeck said i echo off what he said how phil you know they just can't control him couldn't control phil couldn't control scotty damn you couldn't control mike so i think they just want to you know break that up and bring some people in that they can control uh i totally,
2: totally agree with you on that one i think that you know, they felt like they lost control of the organization, and so I think you know Jerry Cross, you know, was very possessive, you know, with his toys and his um, <laughs> his team. So I think he felt, <laughs> cool. I think That's he, gorgeous. I think he, I think he felt like you know, wow, no one listens to me and they're making fun of me. I think that you know Jerry set that tone to start the year, and he told Phil, "This your last season." He pretty much signed his own certificate, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of like you know being a loser in the future. I mean, he signed. He set himself up for it. I mean, I think he could have, he could have played it a little bit differently. You know, he could have let them play it out the year and try to exactly. figure out what he wanted to do. But, exactly. but he wanted to come in there and let them know that this is my team. I built this. You work for me, and pretty much it didn't go the right way, and that's the reason why we ended
1: up with the conclusion we got right now. I mean, what did what did he tell Phil when he when uh when he resigned him? He said even if you go eighty two and zero, this is your last season. is your what? last season, isn't that something? Yeah. Yeah. You can go – you can be perfect. hmm He told the man you
0: can
2: be perfect and you ain't coming back. So, he had no respect for him. Well, because he had Tim sitting – he had Tim sitting on the sideline. Tim Foy was, right. was dressed in red to go sit on the bench. And ain't Mike, last, he ain't last – he ain't last one minute, man. He was garbage anyway. He must have been a hell of a fisher. <laughs> well, you know, they tried to run the, the triangle offense with him. And, you know, Floyd was not smart enough to run the triangle offense. And you know when you know when Bach didn't want to share it with him, and you know of course you know the whole Lakers thing started to brew up a little bit. That talk and that rumor started up after the Phil's departure. I mean, you know, Mike knew that Phil was Phil basically was a glue. There's a glue guy on that in the organization. He's mm-hmm. the one the reason he won the championships. I mean, Mike had the talent. Scotty Scotty was probably the second best player in the NBA at that point, but nobody cared. And Dennis Robbins probably the best defender we've ever seen. You know, if you could hold Shaq to zero points and a half, being 6'6, about 220, 230, and playing playing him head up, no double team. Right,
1: no
2: No double double team. team. You know, he he called him out pretty much. Let me get him, no double. You know, you guys play play your guys one on one. I mean, pretty much they had everything in that regard. I think the problem was, you know, Krause is a victim of his own success. Mm -hmm. You know, he thought that he was much better in who he was. You know, and that goes pretty much in history. I mean, that's the that's before the fall at this point. I mean, yeah. you know, it had to happen.
0: Most definitely, man. You know, that's what I was say in the Bible, you know, the pride comes from the fall. So he was just too prideful,
1: man. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and look what we've been left with since uh, since those guys left the building. What, what, what have we had here in this, in this city? I know what we have
0: here. We had not a damn thing. I haven't watched a bowl game since
2: <laughs> well, you got a point there. I mean, it, it's been hard. I mean, you know, the Derrick Rose years gave us a little bit of hope and stuff like that. But of course, you know, once once you start working with the organization, or you feel the organization feels the player is big in the in the organization, even cross not being here, you know, they have a habit of shipping players up prematurely. You know. You know, I think I think the I call it the I call it the Bulls dynasty curse. I mean, I think everything they do going forward has like an
1: asteriskness to it. Well, just like what we discussed on the pod yesterday, we talked about the way that this organization has treated Mike, the way they treated Pip. How do how the heck do they ever think that if any free agent is on the, that's going to want to come here, right? So yeah, AD, who was I think is there for the taking, is he going to give this team a second look? I don't know. Man, that's oh. a good point. That's a good point. Go ahead, Go ahead, uh, Novak. I don't think
2: I, – I think it's possible, but at the same time, it's all about who they put in that general manager's role. I mean, if it's Mike Finley, yeah. If it's Demps, no, because Demps has a history of Anthony Davis. Signing Demps, you know, to be a general manager was not going to get you Anthony Davis. You know, they think that might happen. I think Mike Finley has a better chance of talking to him. But I think the, you know, the, the specter of Michael looms over the United Center how they treated him, how they, treat, how they, how they treated Scotty, you know, how they treated Phil. I think that left a bad, a, a bad impression on a lot of people's uh, minds, their, you know, in their hearts. Because you think about uh, some of the tweets last night, people were tweeting about, you know, they were like in tears watching the documentary. People were sad, you know, emotional because it took them back to the time when basketball was perfect. Now basketball, you know, is a totally different sport right now, emotionally and physically. I I don't even know what the call with
1: basketball is today, man. (laughs) If it's man's running the NBA, that's what I think sometimes. You know, so you bring up a really good point here. I was thinking about that, right? So this load management that's going on in the NBA right now, right? So these guys, you know, I don't want to, you know, disrespect Kawhi and these other guys that are battling injuries and they want to preserve their bodies and whatnot. But, man, you guys talked about how Mike coming back from that broken foot and he was not mm-hmm. going to let that team take for a draft pick because you noticed what they were trying to do. Right,
0: right. Yeah. They wanted him. They limited him to seven minutes a, 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 a period, and they really need him at that that in the stretch. And but his minutes was up, so Mike was begging and pleading, Coach. To, you know what I mean? Just so happened, you know, Pax made that through some up through something like I would do in the backyard or something. and just not him. <laughs> <hop in. laughs> <laughs> and, you know that was just a miracle, man. The heavens was, was looking out for him. So
1: your Junker ain't you know. never been that nice.
2: <laughs> now, if you had missed that shot, I think Mike would have probably roasted him in the locker room. Patrick might have never been upper management at that point. You know, Mike might have taken his self esteem and, and pretty much put it put it in his bag and walked walked out to his Corvette at that point. Mike would have Me- yeah, he would have walked out the Bulls uh, organization. He would have
0: played for. It.
1: Man, speaking of that, man, how, how about Jordan when he pulls up in the Corvette, just parks that thing, and just walks in? Man, my man was like, "I don't care if I'm in a parking spot. This is where I'm pulling up." That's just kind of like the epitome of how he rolled, right? Yeah. You yeah, can say
0: nothing to Mike. That dude walk no. up. He ain't even. He ain't even parked that thing. He probably left the keys in there too. <laughs> <laughs> Opened <So>, <laughs> open up that door and stuff. But hey, he was the man.
1: I guess. Hey, I guess you can do that if you're the man now. That is so true. Man, so uh, before we put the pin here on, uh, on episode two of the Pulling Back the Curtain podcast, you guys got any final thoughts here on uh, episode one?
2: I think it was epic. I mean, watching you know, it's like reliving your childhood pretty much. You're sitting there, you're watching, you're watching Mike at his finest. You also got to see that you know that killer mentality that everybody fell in love with. You know that attitude. You know, you know the shoes. You know the the jogging suits. You know, he opened up smoking a cigar. I mean, he leaves like a, a lasting impression in terms of, that might be the coolest basketball player ever. You know, Kobe was awesome. LeBron is something else, you know. <laughs> I mean in term, you know, I mean in a, in a somewhat nice way. I mean I think that, you know, just you just what you just witnessed is somebody who can walk to walk and talk to talk every day of the week. No excuses. No excuses. Man, I think uh I like when
0: they show the, the origin of Mike. He grew up at where he where he hooped at in high school, how he got uh uh cut in his sophomore year, and his mom had to tell him, hey, if this is what you want, you gotta put in the work. And he said he gonna work, and he did. And he he, he was a phenom from, from 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 there. Uh I just like how we got to see some footage for when he was playing in um uh, in North Carolina. And then also the uh the uh the uh, Olympics, eighty four Olympics, uh, he just stole the show and just just really took over and won the gold for USA. And that's crazy too, because Bobby Knight he coached that team, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Bobby Knight coached. And he, and even Bobby Knight, and Bobby Knight said he he's the the greatest basketball player that you know that played the game. And mm-hmm. he was just he he,
1: wasn't, he didn't he ain't for he didn't played one game in the NBA yet. Man. I'm telling you, man. I'm I'm really excited, man. That those that, that hour and, and the the second episode, those episodes went by so quick. I was like, man. I was like, I can't wait the Sunday to come back around, man. That's that episode. Both of the episodes were were awesome. It was, it was epic. I'm definitely looking forward to to next week. Uh, Novak, you want to hit us with our uh, final segment here, our curtain call? All
2: right, let's go into that. One of the things I want to start off by saying, let's thank ESPN for releasing that documentary two months early. I uh, really need to pick me up considering what's going on in the world today with the coronavirus and, you know, a lot of just tension and a lot of tension and you know, in our Chicagoland area, a lot of tension across the United States. I mean, it was good to see it because there's no sports right now. I mean, it's got so bad. It's watching marble contests on TV. <laughs> um, I think that, you know, the lack of support has really showed us pretty much what to be
1: grateful in this country. Uh, I, I definitely agree with you on that, man. Jules, you got anything on the way out? Man, I'm good, man. I Hey. Oh,
0: hello? All
1: right, no problem here. So, hey, this is episode two of the Pulling Back the Curtain podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next time. All right, thanks. Hey, what up, y'all?